This fresh coat of the startup life has been sprayed on nice and smooth by Wagner and the Flexil series of paint sprayers. Startup Nation, my wife decided she wanted to rehab her childhood home. The goal was to fix it up and invite a nice family to rent it out. We knew one of the biggest jobs we had to undertake was painting. However, from the walls, the cabinets, and even the siding outside, it was going to be a big task. As entrepreneurs with a company to run, we knew this was going to take up a lot of our time, which is why we decided to get a paint sprayer. And after much research, we decided to go with the sprayer from the Flexio series from Wagner. Startup Nation, these sprayers are top-notch because of its flexibility to paint or stain walls, furniture, cabinets, and more. It's 10 times faster than using a paintbrush, which was a big selling point for us. And you can paint or stain right from the can. It's also easy to clean in five minutes and being great for indoor and outdoor projects, a paint sprayer from the Flexio series clearly needs to be part of the arsenal in your garage. So if you're ready to stain your deck or like me, fill your daughter's request of a bubblegum pink room, up your game with a paint sprayer from the Flexio series by Wagner. Take it from me. Your time will thank you. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, as we dive forth and we go forth on our path to entrepreneurship and, you know, we're dealing with, you know, COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. I know a lot of you are, are kind of thinking about, you know, maybe it's time for me to start a business. Maybe it's time for me to kind of start to put myself out there. And, you know, we all have great ideas for a business or a service or a product. But the one thing that's super important to that is the strategy behind it all, making sure we have a certain protocols and processes in place and which is why we're bringing back uh, one of my favorite guests from the past. She is a highly regarded business development strategist. She is the founder and CEO of Akamai and the curator of SimoneTheMastermind.com. She also loves a really good steak and we're going to talk about that a little bit. She is, like I said, she is also, this is her second time uh, on the startup life, which makes her a returning champion. She is Simone Santana. Mastermind, how's it going, ma'am? Hello, hello. How are you? Well, you know me, living the dream, living the dream. Are you ready to to once again pour some knowledge in the startup nation today? I am so ready, ready to break some necks and cash some checks. We break some necks and cash some checks. I love to hear that. <laughs> so, ma'am, if you would just kind of share with us what's been going on since we last kind of had you on the show. Well, I know it has been a little minute, um, but I have actually had an entire relaunch um and that was when i came up with the birth of simone the mastermind like i know um a lot of people were unaware of my consulting firm's name akamai enterprise but i felt that people connected to me more like personally and professionally so i was like you know let me focus on self-branding so that i can further reach my market audience um so that was the birth of simone the mastermind And that was the best business decision I have ever made um, because it has assisted me in completely transforming um, my business and being uh, better of service to the people that I reach out to. 
I hear that. You know what? It's funny you mention that because we're seeing, you know, if this was like 10, 20, maybe even 30 years ago, when we talk about business, it's all about just the business and that's it. But in this age of social media and stuff like that, I think customers and clients alike are wanting to see more of us, you know, content creators, uh, business leaders like yourself to kind of show that, that, you know, that uh that uh rel- no, relatable rel- I can't even talk straight that relatability <laughs> piece uh right. outside of just the business you know so kind of talk about that transition a little bit more because I, I know you've been you've been doing some Facebook lives that I've been interested in that I, I saw the one where you talked about that mindset shift if you will so kind of talk a little bit more about that if you would Simone. oh absolutely um I know the last time that I was on the show I had just recently gotten over a stump, but I did not know that things were going to take off the way that they did. Mm. And I honestly can say it is all due to the mindset shift. Like um, for, for many years, honestly speaking, I had the victim mindset of, you know, why is this always happening to me? I just want to help people in business that, you know, the whole negative, why me? But the moment you lose it all, and can't do anything but go up that is when the magic happens and I started to um see the positive in in everything I know that everything's not going to be peaches and cream but I started to look at everything from a different perspective and that was extremely life-changing for my my business um I eliminated the poverty mindset and that Mm. is you know a mindset of moving out of fear like holding on to money because I'm afraid I won't get it again or not wanting to help someone because I feel like they may take something from me. I eliminated all that. And when I tell you I have um, the revenue for my business has increased more in two years than it has in the entire six years I've been in business. And it started with the mindset shift. Right. Because when you change your mindset, that's when the business juices begin to flow and the people you need to meet, you connect to and the opportunities you need to scale come about. And literally when I say like, it's not just a TV movie infomercial type talk, like it's legit. For sure. For sure. No, I I definitely understand that. And you know, that poverty mindset, we see that a lot in, you know, uh, not necessarily entrepreneurs, but mainly, uh, in aspiring entrepreneurs, because like they're on the cuff, they're like, like, Oh, I got this idea. But you know, one of the things you said that I thought was interesting was like, you know, they're afraid to spend money because, you know, they don't know if they'll be able to make it back and stuff like that. So I I definitely appreciate you sharing that for sure. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to ask you this because, you know, a, a lot of businesses have, you know, not been really doing so well uh, as we, you know, navigate through COVID-19, the coronavirus, even some other uh, social type of stuff that's going on as well. I guess we'll kind of talk a, bit, a little bit about that later, but kind of talk about what you've been seeing as far as like, you know, people, how they're navigating you know, through COVID-19, because there are some people, once again, who are not doing so well. And then there's people like yourself. I know we've been doing kind of well with the podcast side of things and stuff like that. And, and I think that has to do with something that you always talk about is like digital products and, and digital yeah. content and stuff like that. So kind of talk about, you, about what you've been seeing, Simone. Um, I will say at the onset of COVID, um, I was a little like, you know, meh, like nonchalant about it. 
And then once I saw the severity of it, I was like, oh, crap, you know, like this is, you know, some serious. And not only is it going to affect other people's pockets, it's going to affect mine because it's affecting theirs. So I knew that it was time to not use the shutdown as a moment of fear once again, but use it as a moment of opportunity. And that's when I knew I needed to go a little bit deeper with my strategy. Um, all of my products are have always been digital, but now um, it's to the point where I don't offer any one-on-one services aside from, you know, consultations and my premium packages. But I have put transitioned all of my content over to ebooks, courses, um, and other types of digital products. And that's when the light bulb hit, like, you know, COVID, yes, has been a bit of an inconvenience, but it has also been an opportunity for us to go with the flow of the community. Um, we, you know, you see people working from home now. You see people um, developing other ways to still run their business. And the same can happen uh, for entrepreneurs as well. Um, a lot of us are still trying to figure out what can we do to generate more money. No, you might not be able to sell as many products as you, you know, physical products that you were once selling, but you still have that knowledge, that expertise, that experience that people still need. So why not package it and sell it instead versus continuing to give it out for free? Um, all those little quick questions, you know, people like to ask, like, oh, let me ask you a little quick question. People come to you or people come to people because they have an expertise. But now, if you never considered it, now is the time to capitalize on that. So to be able to literally take a piece of my brain and put it in an ebook and slap it on my website for someone to purchase, I don't have to stop what I'm doing to tend to that customer because they've already obtained the information that they made a purchase of. Like literally, you know, everybody loves, know I loves my steaks and my martinis, you know? <laughs> so to be out spending probably a little too much on a steak, but then get a payment notification is right. beautiful. Right. So I'm my, my goal since the shutdown has been to show people do not be discouraged by the shutdown because you still have a money maker inside of your brain. You just got to package it, capitalize on it and stop giving it out for free. For sure. You know, I know one of the fascinating things that I've seen, you know, during COVID and, and I know a lot of people have kind of talked about this as well. It's like how some of the big, bigger businesses like a, your Chuck E. Cheese's and your some of your retail stores. I think we heard about uh, 24 hour fitness today, like filing for bankruptcy hurts. Also, rental car company comes to mind. I, I think that's also a place startup nation where there may be an opportunity f- for you there as well. May, maybe not necessarily get into those spaces, but there there's a way where those people are going to spend that money regardless. So why, why not spend it with you? You know, come up with your product or idea or service. I always say that, you know, downturns are opportunities really. And you really, and you really kind of pointed that out, Simone. So I appreciate you, appreciate you sharing that. And even with like those companies, like, of course, you know, they've been around for ages and I do feel that uh, the one, the big, you know, the big name companies that are taking a hit is simply because they lacked the, um, well, the millennial generation, like we've been transitioning over, to take this and digital that for years and i feel that if they you know kind of came along with us that things could have still worked out like like you mentioned the fitness company you know you have entrepreneurs that are trainers 
And although they might not be able to step inside of a gym right now with their clients, they're able to do workout videos and pre-recorded workout videos and things of that nature. So it still could be done. They just, you know, need us young folk. Right. It's all about that adjusting. And it's funny you mentioned that about that fitness space, because I'm seeing now people doing like live stuff over Zoom where, you know, all of you guys in this one little group. It's a hundred people working out in one group and you got the instructor there. So like, I think, you know, and you did this, done this uh, beautifully. You just point out, like, it's all about adjusting, adjusting to the times, adjusting to the moment, adjusting to the situation. And so I really hope you pick up on that uh, startup nation for sure. So I, I want to ask you this really quickly, because, you know, we were two uh, African-American entrepreneurs. And so we know the social unrest that's going down you know, in our country right now uh, with uh, things with uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and and Ahmaud Arbery and stuff like that and all that's going on. I want to ask you this as an African-American business owner, as a person of color who owns a business, what roles do we have to play in your opinion when it comes to social change? Like, Um, I will say this (laughs) I'm trying to be and see I've learned I have to watch how I say things fair enough um I will say that it does seem like in the midst of social change being a woman of color we I still feel like I have to walk on eggshells not with what I say with what with what I do because I am a woman of color I do experience the impact um that we have been seeing but i'm also a business owner so it's like i feel like i have to teeter tot to make sure that people understand you know hey i still remember who i am you know but um when it comes to social change right now i am appreciative of the fact that i am you know that i represent my own company my own self so i don't feel restricted to express certain things however i do know that in the midst of social change we still have to be mindful of how we convey our message that's true that's very true that's very true no i i can definitely uh, appreciate that because i i know you know a lot of people are you know you, you want to be for the movement but at the same time you don't want to alienate people and i don't just mean just right. alienate people of you know different races and cultures even alienate people within your own community as african-americans so no i i definitely understand that simone for sure correct correct for sure. yes for sure I, I wanted to ask you this because we were talking about your um uh your your mindset shift and stuff like that and i saw the live stream that i was kind of talking about earlier and you talked about keeping a gratitude journal kind of tell me a little bit about that the gratitude journal was by far the best thing that I have ever done. Um, it was literally just simply going to like a family dollar or Walmart and just getting a plain journal. But it was a journal that I wouldn't like. I'm a journal enthusiast, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I care about the pages. But literally, I just got a blank journal. And at the end of every single day, I would write down things I was grateful for. And of course, we're all grateful for, you know, clothes, food, house, stuff like that. But that, you know, that's automatically understood. So I wanted to go deeper than that. Like if someone did something nice for me today, I wrote that down. Or if my kid learned something new, I wrote that down. And I only would do it right before bed, read over, go to sleep. So there would be days where... 
I felt like crap. Like I still struggle, you know, with anxiety and depression. So on the days where I felt like, well, I really don't feel grateful today. I would take those days and go back and read through the things that I was grateful for. And it would re, you know, rekindle that fire inside of me. And it got to the point where I noticed as I flipped through day by day, the list became longer and longer and longer. And that's the part that blew my mind because I didn't realize that I was experiencing more things to show gratitude for. And that's when I learned when you, you know, I'm really big on how we operate in the universe. I'm very, very spiritual. So when you continue to express gratitude, you receive more things to be grateful for. And that was the explanation of why my gratitude journal bliss became longer and longer each day. And that's when I knew, like, I could feel my world changing. If I don't care what the circumstance is, it is imperative to start. Start today. Start with the gratitude journal and just write down not your basic essentials of being grateful, but the little things that have happened in the day that you are grateful for and watch how that list not only expands, but the things around you and your world as well. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I want to ask you this real quick follow up, you know, how close, you know, you know, you got the gratitude journal and stuff like that, being grateful, but how close or how often or, and or both or whatever, uh, did you come to like, you know what, this ain't working. I'm like, go ahead, hang it up. How close you come, Simone? I love to talk about that one. Okay, so it got to a point where in the midst of trying to be positive Patty and see the glasses half full, I still was battling like my right now struggles right. to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm a few years in, but maybe it's just not for me. Maybe it's not working. Maybe I need to go get a job. Maybe I need to do something different. Like I felt discouraged. Um, so I actually... And this is something I shared with everyone. I started applying for jobs in December of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I would apply for like 20 and 30 jobs a day. Um, every single morning when I wake up, I would have at least 10 email reject- rejections mm. of where I couldn't get the job. Now, mind you, I have 10 years experience in administration, corporate management, in leadership and you're telling me I cannot get a job right. or even something as simple as a, like a file clerk or a secretary, I was getting denied. So I'm like, it, it, it put a damper on my spirit. Cause I'm like, who wants to wake up and see, you know, rejections every single morning. And that's when I was like, look, I'm not going to continue to start my day off with this. Mm. And I was like, you know, I can't get a job. So I have no choice but to make it work. So whatever it's going to take, that's what you know I'm going to have to do. And that's when I began to get serious with my brand and with my strategy. Because, you know, I, I can strategize everybody else, but it seemed like I was falling short with myself. Mm. So I became teachable again. I started having mentors. I started networking, uh, spending money on webinars, seminars, like whatever it took for me to you know, level up and eat. And the one thing that I did that changed everything, I took a break. Like I, I took, I ran away, quote unquote, got a hotel room and literally just laid in the middle of the bed. And I made this a a thing that I did every single month just to relax and think. And when I tell you it has, I'm still kind of mind blown because I finally hit my first um, five figure month in May, 10,000. Right. So to someone else, that might not be much, but to make $10,000 and then spend a dollar, 
Like everything was digital. So that's the magnitude of, you know, this entire shift. So I knew then, yeah, I probably needed to hit rock bottom to understand, hey, you have no choice but to make this work. And it has. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And and I wrote some down, Startup Nation, because I want to make sure I reemphasize a point that Simone made. She said, became teachable again. Right. And and I think a lot of times, you know, and you've talked about this before. And we I think we all, to a certain extent, fall victim to this. We get to a point where can't nobody tell us nothing. Right. and, and, And we feel like we've had some monicums of success. And he was like, no, I'm straight. You're like, what you talking about? No, no, I'm good. Right. I'm good. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I hope you got that startup nation that be teachable, be, be, you know, uh, uh, willing to listen to not just necessarily somebody who's done it before or who is trying to get to where you uh, are trying to go, but also people who are actually maybe not on the entrepreneurial path, but they have some insight as to what you're trying to do, because not everybody who's uh, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, are going to pursue that thing, but they may have some insight. Uh, maybe they're a negotiator for, uh, you know, a big time company or something like that. And so I think that's also important. I'm so glad that you said that, Simone. Yes, yes. For sure, for sure. I want to ask you this as well, because Startup Nation, if, if any of you know uh, Simone's story and you know about when she talks about business development and stuff like that, one of the big things she always advocates is to have a business license. Cause if you don't have that, otherwise you just out here playing business. So Simone, if you would just kind of share the importance of getting that, you know, that business license, getting that LLC and having those, those proper processes and, and infrastructures in place when you're starting a business. Absolutely. First and foremost, like I tell everybody, it takes more than a logo and a social media page to say that you're a business owner. That mm-hmm. stuff is cute. But if you are really serious about your craft, if you're really serious about your passion, you will take the proper steps to ensure that people outside of social media recognize the fact that you are a business owner. And it starts with your business license. Please, 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 it's imperative to get your business license, not only legally, but the moment you Get, you know, once you go downtown or wherever, get your business license and look at your na- your business name printed on a piece of paper. That alone gives you the motivation you need to make this thing work. You know, so a lot of people um, that feel stagnant in business or feel like, you know, they're just barely staying afloat. It is amazing what seeing something on paper can do for you. Um, it's like giving birth, you know, to a baby and this is your baby. So right. why not take it seriously? Um, I tell everyone to stop using your um, stop using your residential address for your business. I understand a lot of people have home based online businesses right now. I have a home based business. However, uh, uh, you know, someone on the outside would never know simply because I've taken the proper steps to ensure that I have a business address. Um, that is different from my residential, that I have my business license, and most importantly, my LLC. I understand that everyone um, kind of shies away from filing an LLC because, you, of course, you have different uh, tax entities, entities, I'm sorry. Right. Um, but I'm a fan of LLC because I want to keep my personal and business assets separately. And most importantly, I want to be recognized 
I want my business to be recognized as an actual standalone business and not something that I'm sliding under my social. So please, you guys, take the time. It's not expensive as you think. Um, right. If you decide to file an LLC here in Shelby County, it is only $300, um, $50 per additional member. But you spend that, you know, hanging out, drinking, buying outfits, you know, you can put that 300 to the side and um, pay to have your LLC. And for those that say, you know, well, I don't have the funds right now, use other funds, other people's funds. And what I mean by that is depending on the nature of your business, there are often times where people have to pay you before you render services. Utilize those funds to legitimize your business because when in a time like this, you know, we're seeing, you know, the COVID shutdown and funding is becoming available, grants, loans, et cetera. You can't qualify for that stuff if you don't have a quote unquote business. You might be telling everyone on social media you have a business, but these lenders and underwriters want to see it on paper, you know. Right. So take care of it now so you can take advantage of opportunities like that later. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad you pointed out that like it really doesn't cost as much as you think. I mean, it does cost right. a little bit of money, but it's not nearly as much, you know, as you think, because I think people see LLC and they see like all these other big companies have LLCs. Like, oh, man, that's got to cost like a big grip. But like you just yes. said, like here in Shelby County, it's only about three hundred dollars. That's about it. And, it's, you know, exactly. and that, that's really in the grand scheme of it all. That's really not a lot of money. Exactly. And I do want to say one more thing, sure. you know, no shade or anything, but right. I know that a lot of people steer away from like filing the proper paperwork for their business because of like legal zoom, like companies like legal zoom. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're going to bust your head. They, I believe they charge like $1,500 to establish an LLC here. I might be wrong, but I know they're charging at least a thousand. Gotcha. Now, of course I'm all for, you know, charging for convenience. But come on now, $300 and compared to that 15, it only takes 10 minutes to sit in front of that computer, fill it out, pay the money, keep moving. Um, mm -hmm. Do not allow companies like LegalZoom and these other third party companies to discourage you from filing your proper paperwork because you feel like it's expensive. If you just check out the filing fees of your state or your county, you'll see how affordable it is. And you would have wished you vended. So take care of it now. Now is a perfect time. In the midst of this shutdown, keep moving and establishing what you need to for your business so that you can take advantage of these financial uh, opportunities that come about. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. Uh, I, I want to ask you this because, you know, in, in one of your uh, live streams, you talked about like, you know, people who be, you know, out here, social media bragging and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, I know yes. you do a little bit, you know, no, not necessarily like bragging per se, but a you, little rousing dollars right. every now and then. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But I, I think, <laughs> you, know, you, you know what it is though? Cause I, I get accused of it from time to time as well, but I think what it is, and, and I think you probably share my sentiment. I think people, when they see us bragging, I think they see us bragging about like, you know, they don't see, I mean, I know when I'm bragging, I'm bragging about the work. I'm bragging about the work. I'm not bragging about like a whole bunch of other stuff. Right. And so, when, but, but at the same time, I think you get to brag when you build something out of nothing, when you've had these successes and, and, and gratitude journals and stuff like that. I think you get to brag. Can I talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind? Well, I, I will say this. 
And at first, when when things started happening in my favor for me, and I'm, you know, everybody knows on social media, I'm very, very transparent. I share the good, I share the bad, I share the ugly. So when it got to the point where I was in my winning season and I wanted to share those things, I was shocked at how many people had so many ugly things to say about me, Mm. like to the point of, you know, talking to mutual friends, thinking that they could talk down on me. And this is something that I had to realize what other people may consider bragging. And when it's just us literally sharing our successes, you have to keep in mind people that feel like you're bragging still have a poverty mindset. Because anyone that feels that you sharing your success and they can't stand there and genuinely celebrate with you, that's simply because they're still living in a mindset of fear and self-doubt and procrastination. And I remember I cried, honestly speaking, this is about two weeks ago. I mm. cried because I'm like, everyone knows I'm not a bragger. I'm not a stunner. But when you work so hard, when you've lost it all in front of people, right. the same people that felt like you shouldn't be doing a business anyway, but then make it through, get back on top. It's a beautiful thing. So anybody that can't understand that is simply because they're still living in a poverty mindset. And I had to learn until you get out there and build your own business and build your own brand, you won't understand until then. You know what I'm saying? I I just have to look over those people because at the end of the day, I'm going to continue to share my successes because I know that I'm still serving as an inspiration to someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I definitely appreciate all of that. And I think the great irony uh, at least to me, Simone, is like when we're sharing those successes and stuff like that, sure enough, we're sh- we're sharing the successes, but we're also sharing exactly how we did it. So if you're paying, exactly. if you're paying attention, you can just like we're showing you how we did it. So that way you can see that, like, maybe it's possible for you. But I don't know. Maybe that's just us. Maybe that's just us. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, once again, we're talking to Simone Santana, uh, Simone, the, the Simone, the, uh, the mastermind. I want to ask you this because, you know, we're on Simone, uh, mastermind.com. Just kind of share with people. And once again, startup nation, we have the link there in the show notes for easy access. If you listen to the replay on the podcast, just kind of share with the people when they go to Simone mastermind.com, what they can expect, uh, and what kind of content you got there for them waiting for them. Well, I will say everyone knows I like to change my website every other month. It will be changed again. <laughs> in May, one of my uh, business buddies, she's like, you know, you really make me sick. I'm like, I know, but I have new ideas. <laughs> um, but first and foremost, um, in the midst of my most important thing with my website is my self-branding. I need people to know who I am before you connect with me. Everyone knows I love my martinis. And I love my sex. So that's the first thing you're going to see me holding a martini glass and laughing because I'm, I'm, I'm in my zone. Um, but I'm really big on automation. Mm. So, um, all of my information, all the little quick questions you may have, you can find on my website. Um, even if you know, you're on like a budget and still want my assistance. I have budget friendly, um, products on there to still help you with business development and business scaling, but at a price point that you can afford and you automatically receive um, whatever you're purchasing. Um, but literally my website is set up to supply everything you could possibly need and answer any questions you may have simple because the, the time you spend minimizing your workload, that's when you maximize your revenue. Mm. So the less time I spend 
one-on-one unless someone's paying for it. That's where the money comes about. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. And once again, Startup Nation, that website is SimoneMastermind.com. We have a link there in the show notes if you listen to the replay on the podcast. Speaking of martinis and steaks, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of talk about this and you talk about this a little bit, you know, on social media and stuff like that, uh, you know, uh, about how you like a good steak and stuff like that. So kind of share with Startup Nation, what, what, what's the the anatomy of a good steak for you? Like what, what what's a perfect steak in Simone Nye's? Oh, so glad you asked. Well, young people, <laughs> let me let me school you real quick. Let me school the people. Okay, so first and foremost, my absolute favorite favorite cut is a ribeye, depending on where I'm going. Gotcha. Um, but if they don't have the best ribeye, I am a filet mignon kind of girl. Um, mm-hmm. I like all of my steaks medium, and depending on where I go, I might have to say medium rare, medium plus, because you know. You can go to a steakhouse and some people still don't know how to cook steak. So, um, but I do prefer a medium steak and even um, my children, (laughs) my children will eat medium, medium plus, medium well. So um, I don't, I I like a little move. As people tell me, I like a little move in my steak. (laughs) You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that, you you know, we were talking about a little bit on social media and stuff like that. I feel like there's some psychology there because most of my, entrepreneurial friends like it that way, like medium, medium, well, medium rare or whatever the case may be. But like outside of that, most people like, nah, it's gotta be well done and stuff like that. So it made me think about a college professor. (laughs) What'd you say, Simone? That's just so disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Right. But it's funny you mentioned that, though, because it made me think about I was in back in a uh, business school back in college. And my professor said that when you go to a business meeting and, you, and you're meeting some people for the first time, if they get their food like, you know, they have a business meeting at a restaurant, if they get their food mm-hmm. and they immediately start seasoning it, that tells me they're impulsive and I don't want to do business with them. So I feel like. There's some some business psychology there with people who get medium stakes as opposed to people who get well done stakes. But maybe that's just me. I'm not a psychologist. No. And, you know, I really thought that I was just a shrewd because um, with business and personal, the very first place that I want to go is a steakhouse. I want us to have a business meeting at a steakhouse. I want us to have a date like you know a personal date at a steakhouse because i one need to see how you order your steaks and two i too need to see are you immediately grabbing seasoning are you asking for steak steak sauce are you Mm. you know because all that matters and i have myself have the because you know some people feel like you can't decline business that's a lie um i have declined dates and clients due to that Mm. um literally ordering well done steaks or immediately seasoning or um, asking for sauce, like a good steak don't need sauce. Yeah, you know? there it is. But uh, <laughs> so I feel like you know, little stuff like that can um, literally help you with making good judgment. And even though it seems a little close-minded to some, it uh, there's always something that shows me at the end that I made a good decision. Right. Always, ninety-nine percent right. of the time. So yes, I'm with that professor on that. Absolutely. No, I, I, I re- like I remember that conversation vividly because she was saying like, look, you know, she she had a she had a business meeting where they just in, impulsively just start like seasoning their I think it was a salad or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so she was like, no, we're not going to move forward or whatever the case may be. And coming to find out 
that person went and got hired by somebody else and got and lost that company like fifty million dollars. And so, wow. like, and so, so she was like, clearly, I made the right call, right? And so, I, I, I'm just fascinated at the psychology of things. I think as my yes. as my entrepreneurial journey has continued, I think that's where I'm in. I'm fascinated at the psychology uh, and and people's people's behavior, uh, not just in business, but how their personal behavior relates to business relationships, business actions, business decisions, and stuff like that. So I appreciate you kind of indulging me there, Simone. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Once again, we're wrapping up with uh, Simone Santana, the curator of SimoneMastermind.com and founder and CEO of Akamai LLC. And just want to say, Simone, as always, you know, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, ma'am. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank Thank you you for having me. Thank you so much for believing in us and coming back on the show and also being one of uh, the people, uh, one of the few people who we reach out to that actually does come out on the show. I, I say this all the time. Uh, uh, as an African-American founder to another African-American founder, it really does warm my heart when I'm able to get black, especially women founders, <coughs> excuse me, uh, on the show. And that really means a lot to me. So thank you so much for indulging me and coming back on the show as well. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I had to clear my schedule and tell Mark Cuban he would have to wait because I had an 11 o'clock appointment with Startup Nation. So, you know, I told him, you know, I'm sorry to hurt his feelings, you know, but I got to go. But no, thank you for having me. It's literally an honor to be back on here again. So thank you so much. No worries. And so I'm going to go ahead and laugh. And I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you because, as always, we always have somebody in Startup Nation who's feeling a little down on themselves they feel a little discouraged especially with COVID-19 and stuff like that Simone Santana the mastermind if you would please ma'am take us out with some words of encouragement for today all right all right you guys for those of you that are listening and feeling a little discouraged I want to remind you of who you are how far you've become and you know what you are capable of oftentimes we allow humility to keep us in our comfort keep us in our safe space but it is imperative that you constantly remind yourself of who you are, what you're capable of, and get out there and make it happen. Do not allow these naysayers to discourage you simply because they don't have the guts to do what you have already done and what you can continue to do. All right, you guys. Simone the Mastermind. Edit once again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And that's going to wrap up our time. Just want to say thank you again, Simone, for coming on the show. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, If you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.